Welcome to the Art of the Dive, special international edition. Still working on our name, we'll talk about that in a bit. I'm your host, Jim, and I got Crane here. Crane, how you doing? It's a great day, Jim. You know, coming off a huge U.S. victory that we'll get into in a little bit. Um, but I am feeling fantastic. I like to hear. Let's uh, let's dive right into it then, huh? So you were at the Mexico game. Big 2-0 win. Dos Acero, as they say. What were your instant thoughts, instant reactions? So, yeah, I went with Marco, actually. And uh, it, it was amazing. Cincinnati was a great host. Um, the, the scene there was amazing. I was just watching some of the videos from the American Outlaws March before the game, smoke bombs, uh, people chanting in the middle of the street, you know, shutting down traffic. It, it was amazing. And, uh, you topped that off with a fantastic game. Another 2-0, Dos Acero, as you mentioned, the 10th time the U.S. has beat Mexico with that scoreline. Uh, you know, it, it was hard to beat. What a what a experience it was! There you um, go. So, so you didn't uh, march with the outlaws? Is that because you're uh, part of the media as our international correspondent now? You tried to distance yourself from the hooligans. Well, we were we were in there. We actually um, got into the middle of it. We you know were taking some good photos, some good videos. Um, we we kind of just lucked right into the middle of it. It was supposed to start a little bit later. And we walked out of a of one of the breweries down there in Cincinnati, and all of a sudden we're in the middle of March, and it was perfect. They they went to a, a big park, lit some flares, and then Marco and I did get ahead of it, and uh, we went to the stadium before the whole crew did, and we were up on the balcony there that was overlooking the road, uh, where everyone was kind of gathering together and, and getting some last years in before they entered the stadium and. Just a overall great experience, great atmosphere there. So everyone's like singing and getting excited for the game, and you and Marco are just like sprinting through the crowds trying to get there first to like beat the traffic? Well, as I've been told, Jim, if you're not first, you're last. There's no arguing with that. You got me there. All Bingo. right. Yep. Okay, I guess we should uh, get into the game a little bit, a little bit more of the details. So goals by Polisic and McKenney, 74th minute, 85th respectively. Polisic assisted by Way. Way, uh, uh, Polisic, that was his first touch. He just came on, right? And then he just, short guy, headed in. What's, um, what's your analysis of the Mexico's defense? It seemed like their center backs were really struggling. Um, did they get tired there? Any Any thoughts on that? Well, especially in the second half, I thought the U.S. did a really nice job of attacking the flanks in Mexico. You know, we had a, a ton of speed out there with Aronson and Wea, and then when Pulisic gets subbed in in the 69th minute, nice. Uh, you know, the, the speed that the U.S. has is really one of the huge things that they can attack Mexico with. And um, thinking about the goal, the first goal by uh, Pulisic, you know, Yunus Musa gets the ball in the midfield, does a nice job distributing it out wide to Wea. Wea takes the, the outside back, crosses it in. You're right, Pulisic, not a tall guy, but a great run to cut in front of his defender uh, at the back post and head it by Ochoa, who just had no chance whatsoever. Yeah, then Pulisic with the celebration, uh, which was, I thought was great. What, did, uh, what was Ochoa, Ochoa's quote? Something about how USA is, you know, looking in the mirror and trying to 
uh, be like Mexico someday? Yeah, it, it was something along the lines of like Mexico is uh, who the U.S. wants to be when they look in the mirror, which just doesn't make sense to me. And, and I think someone asked a question about that. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, Pulisic uh, took up his shirt and underneath he wrote on his undershirt, man in the mirror, which I don't know if that's, you know, a response to Ochoa or maybe a Michael Jackson tribute. Because really? got to yeah, be honest, that's recent. a R.I.P. great Michael Jackson's uh, song. Yeah, um, I love it. But, you know, the, just the sheer cockiness of me. Uh, for me, a Pulisic knows he's not starting, knows at most he's getting 30 minutes. He ended up getting 21, and he still writes that on his shirt expecting to score. I absolutely love that. I mean, he just found a Sharpie and just wrote something on it, and it's like if he doesn't score, no one ever sees it, so there's no real risk. you know. Maybe he'll bring it out against Jamaica and be like, oh, what now, Mexico? Still the mirror guy. Yeah. Just keep recycling. Yeah, I don't know shirts. if it has the uh, the same impact against Jamaica, but I, I kind of get what you're saying. But uh, no, just the, oh, man, the the sheer the sheer passion that they were playing with as well was great. Yeah. A little bit more in the details then, I guess. Here, USA looks like they played like a 4-3-3. Musa slotting in as that right central midfielder. McKenney on the left. Adams kind of holding. No Brooks in the squad. And he, was he injured? What happened with that? He's no, so he anymore? actually got, yeah, he got dropped for form, which is really surprising. Like, yes, I would agree he's not been great uh, in recent matches in the U.S. uniform, uh, but he's playing really, really well for Wolfsburg. And, uh, you know, Burhalter gave this quote about before the game where, you know, we need more consistency. There's a lot of guys on this roster who have been very inconsistent in U.S. uniforms. Uh, and shockingly, none of them played against Mexico. You know, it's uh, Sebastian Letjet, it's Paul Areola, uh, you know, guys who seem to be Burhalter's favorites, who can be very, very good players. I thought Letjet was one of the best players for the U.S. this summer. Um, but since then, he's been very poor. Areola, you know, still coming off a, a pretty serious knee injury. Doesn't have as much speed as before. Certainly doesn't have the the ball skill that Awea, Pulisic, Aronson have out wide. But they're still getting the shot. Um, and I think that that lack of Brooks is really going to hurt going into Tuesday's match against Jamaica. Yeah, it's a nice break here. Only two matches instead of the usual three. Um, so... Lack of depth definitely hurts. Looks like Robinson got a red card, so he's going to miss. McKenney got another yellow, so he's also going to miss out. Uh, how important is this Jamaica game for us? Well, you know, it, it's going to be a, an important match because right now we're first in the octagon. We are playing really well. And, you know, going into Jamaica, who right now is in sixth place, it's going to be a tough game. You know, they're at first they weren't going to let any fans in. Now they're letting 5,000 fans in, uh, which I'm sure will grow a little bit more. You've got some Premier League stars, which we'll talk about in a little bit, playing for Jamaica. Uh, you got some good players there. Um, but, you know, the the way it always is in, in CONCACAF is win at home, draw on the road, and you're in. And usually you need about a point and a half in your games to qualify out of CONCACAF. U.S. right now, seven games, 14 points, so they're at two points per match. I'd like to see 
you know, a win, obviously. But it, as long as the U.S. can play well, get a point, I think that's a, a successful match. Um, and talking about the guys who are missing, uh, just this morning I heard that the U.S. has called in James Sands to be a replacement center back. Uh, since Robinson is out with a red card, two yellow cards picked up in that Mexico match. Um, McKenney suspended for the Jamaica match. Um, for yellow card accumulation, we'll we'll talk about that play here in a second. Um, but yeah, I, I think James Sands could provide some interesting uh, opportunities for the U.S. You know, their defense was amazing. They they outshot Mexico eighteen to eight. They sh- outshot Mexico twelve to zero between the twenty eighth and seventy eighth minute which is just an amazing stat for a U.S. team playing against the number nine team in the world. So really, really, really great job by the defense. Walker Zimmerman and um, Miles Robinson shut down Jimenez uh, of Wolverhampton fame in the in the game. We, you know, going through warm-ups, we're, we're sitting behind the Mexico uh, goal where they're warming up, and Marco's just talking all the time about how – Raul is going to destroy us. How he's so good and this and that. And he didn't do anything. He was awful. Yeah, it was great to see. Loved it. Um, I don't watch a lot of MLS because I think it's a shitty league and I don't really care about it. But <laughs> when I saw Miles Robinson on the squad, I was like, I don't know anything about this guy. I hope he doesn't suck ass like most MLS players. Um, and then Corona came flying down the wing. I think it was Corona. And Miles Robinson just like held him and then picked his pocket. And I was like, okay, this guy's legit. I hope he sticks around. And then he ended up getting the red card. And I was like, oh, never mind. Classic MLS guy doing MLS things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that play you're talking about with uh, Tito Corona, I thought, you know, Robinson played great. And at first it looked like he was going to get beat off the dribble and he recovered well. And then not only did he tackle it off of him, but he was able to control it, keep possession and start it going the other way. It, yeah, there's a number of guys in this U.S. squad who play in the MLS uh, and, and certainly could play in Europe, right? Robinson, I think, is a great example of that. Still super young. Um, and, and something I heard I'd like to get your opinion on, someone on Twitter was talking about how U.S. Uh, center backs in MLS actually have to grow up and mature very quickly. Because in the MLS, you know, they spend so much money bringing in these world-class strikers. So as a center back, you're constantly facing that. What are your thoughts on that? I don't know. I feel like American center backs have kind of been terrible for a long time. I can't even, like, think of, like, a good one because they've just never been good. And I thought Young Brooks could have been that, and then he just got hurt a bunch and he kind of fell off a cliff. But no one else, no other Americans have impressed me. And I don't watch the MLS, so I'm, if I can't give an informed opinion, I'm not going to say anything. Well, you never give informed opinions, but you still say stuff all the time on yeah, this I pod. Know. Yeah, I was trying to be smart there and like trick people, but you called me out, so you can go screw Got yourself. Him. Anyway, speaking of MLS guys who need to move, uh, Stefan and Turner, right? That's the big the big battle where it's like where you have exceptional goalkeepers um, and Stefan's getting the start even though he's not playing for City. Um, Turner's like, what did I do wrong? I've been playing great. Um, but do you think it's just coming down to him playing in the MLS and he needs to move over to Europe anywhere, kind of prove that he's ready for the next step? You talk about how the U.S. hasn't had strong center backs, and I might disagree with that a little bit, you know, with Carlos Bocanegra, uh, who had a great 
great career in the national team, played with Rangers for a while. Uh, Aguchi Anyewu, great player. I uh, was with AC Milan. Yeah, but, yeah maybe. From the uh, 90s. But, uh, what, who are these people? I, have to I got into a fight with Zlatan at AC, so he's got to be good to do that. Uh, he has but respect one, now. Yeah. One area where the U.S. does succeed time after time is is great goalkeepers. And you're right, the U.S. does have two great goalkeepers right now with Stefan and Turner. I, I think Turner, who didn't start playing soccer until he was like 16 or 17, um, but I think he, based off the season he's had with New England, based off his performances in the MLS, is certainly drawing some heads uh, from Europe. Stefan just, as you said, hasn't been playing much, but when he's played for City, he's been impressive. Uh, unless you read the City comments on their Twitter feed from their fans, it's like, oh, Zach Stefan didn't save all five penalties in their Carabao Cup game? He's awful. You know, we're English, so we're better than everyone else. Yeah, okay, um, no, but Stefan does have a, a really, really, really good skill at shot stopping, right? We saw one in the, the match, the curler from the top of the box um, oh, in the Chucky first the half. Break. Yeah, Lozano. Well, yeah, that one too, right? So, um, and I forgot who the trailing defender was. It might have been either Robinson or Yedlin. Uh, they did a nice job pushing him wide, and Stefan made a great save on that. Came out big, timed it really well. Um, but there was one, it might have come off a corner kick, caught to the top of the box. Um, and I want to say Edson Alvarez put a, a left-footed curler on it, a hu- he had huge amount of curl uh, down towards Stefan's right post, and he made a great diving save uh, for that. And, um, you know, he he was playing amazing. Turner's played great when he's been in the goal for the U.S. I, I think it's one area where the U.S. just has so many good options right now that it, it's hard to pick a bad option. And, uh, you know, I think you're a little bit more on Turner, right? Yeah, big Turner guy. Love him. So I think a lot of people are are in that camp saying, well, Turner's been playing well. He's playing more consistently. Uh, but, you know, Stefan for not playing a lot is training with City. You know, he's he's training with Ederson, one of the best in the world. Uh, he, he's in Pep's system. He's training against some of the best forwards in the world. So I, I think he's, you know, he certainly proved himself against Mexico on Friday night that he has the skill and, and he has the talent to be the U.S. number one. Yeah, I think going back a little bit when you're talking about how people were complaining about um, Stefan, I feel like the average fan doesn't, like focus on the goalkeeper they just look up like how many goals did they concede or like you know that's that's about it that like what else do you look at when you look at a goalkeeper if you're just like per- perusing through the stats so um with like the new stuff coming out it's, it's really interesting to see how they do have um you know like the the compared xg on and the save percentages and all that stuff and that's where kind of turner's excelled is where he's in the non-top five leagues, he's just blowing every goalkeeper out of the water and, and shot stopping. His footwork needs some work, but I think he's definitely right for the next move. Stefan, yeah, great shot stopper, great with his feet. I do think he's a better goalkeeper. And even though he's backing up Ederson, who's, you know, one of the top goalies in the world, um, like it doesn't matter. Like you said, playing and training against top players five days a week and then not playing on a Saturday doesn't mean he's not getting like high level competition yeah, absolutely. And, um, 
you know, like I said, the, this is a great spot for the U.S. to be in. I'm really interested in the winter transfer window to see if any of these Americans uh, currently playing in the MLS get uh, some offers or get moved. Some, who's some like the teams. Best, who's like the best American you're looking to go abroad? Uh, well, you know, I, I think it would be Turner. I think Robinson, Miles Robinson, if he can find a, a good situation would be great. And then the other one is uh, the the big man up top, Ricardo Pepe, the the 18-year-old, uh, who didn't necessarily have a strong game. I think, especially in the first half, the U.S. struggled finding him. Um, he, he did his best to hold up the play and get the ball come in uh, forward. But, um, you know, he's, he's been great in American shirt and with uh, his form in the MLS for FC Dallas as well. I think he's someone, and, and there's been tons of rumors, Ajax uh, has been to some of his matches, Serie A teams have been to some of his matches, Premier League teams are, are keeping an eye on him. Um, you know, to, to me, that one's a no brainer. The question is, will anyone meet FC Dallas's asking price? Uh, but you look at their past history of who they sold. They sold Weston McKenney. Goal in this match has been on fire for Juventus lately. They sold Chris Richards to Bayern. Uh, he's been great on loan for Hoffenheim. Uh, now back to back seasons there and. There's a lot of talk that Bayern just refuses to outright sell him because they think he's a incredible talent and um, and he might be stepping into their squad one day. So you look at what FC Dallas has done coming up through their ranks and it's pretty amazing. So I think Pepe is certainly someone to watch moving forward. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's, he's still young. He needs a lot of work on his game. I don't think he's ready. Um, jumping into a question right here. Uh, about another young striker who kind of struggled when he went abroad. 2.0 asks, given his Premier League form from Norwich, do we think Josh Sargent will ever be able to hit the proverbial barn door with a football? Or should he be moved to defense where his goal line clearances may help his team? I mean, I'm going to take that right away. I think Sargent, uh, his his pressuring defensively is fantastic, and he's a terrible offensive player. So I think his only chance is to move to outside back. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I... That was such a terrible move for him going to Norwich. Uh, they're they're an awful team. He went from one of the worst teams in the Bundesliga, got relegated, to one of the worst teams in the Premier League, going to get relegated. I, I you're don't really see Sargent is getting teams relegated. Is that what you're implying? I think it, it could be a factor, right? I mean, he's had opportunities and he he's scrubbed them pretty hard. Um. You know, it, it's kind of interesting looking at his situation because while he's on the bench at Norwich, while he's getting passed by all these uh, different U.S. strikers, he's just falling behind. He's just absolutely falling behind. So, I you know, I would love to see him in the second half of the city for Norwich, uh, pick it up a little bit. You've got Timo Puki up there who's 900 years old, I think. Um, but you know, Sargent's going to have to find another move after this, unless he just goes down to the championship. Um, you know, I think that's that's where he needs to be. I think he needs to be in the championship. He needs some time to figure some stuff out. He needs to find his elite skill, whether it's like passing or dribbling or just like, you know, creating shots, whatever it is, he needs to figure out something. He's not going to be able to do it at the Premier League. 
Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, you're right. His his pressure is great. Uh, defensive positioning is great. Uh, he he does and did last year with uh, Werder Bremen suffer from a lack of good service. But as a forward, you've got to create some of your own sometime. And uh, you know well, he's he did- not even. He's not even a good ball winner, though. Like, anytime the ball's in the air or, like, there's a 50-50, he always loses it. It's really frustrating to watch. Whereas, like, I think Pepe is the opposite, where he's going to win those, even though Pepe doesn't have, like, a skill kind of like Sargent right now. And that's why I'm kind of concerned about him moving overseas and being like, oh, man, my touch isn't good enough and I can't create any space. If you give him a ball in the air, he's going to win it. And I think that's why I think Pepe is going to have a better chance succeeding overseas than Sargent does. But that's still a ways away. Yeah, and, and you're right. There's a lot of uh, American talent at the center forward spot right now. Unproven talent. Is there? Uh, is there? Is there a lot of talent there? Well, you you look at the the number of guys, right? So Pepe burst onto the scene. You've got uh, Pifak playing for Young Boys in Switzerland, uh, who's been having a really nice season, and he scored a winner against I want to say Manchester United in the Champions League. So that's pretty decent, I guess. Um, you know, the, a, a lot of guys are unproven. Matthew Hoppy playing for Schalke. Um, but, but guys who have been impressive when they've put on the U.S. jersey. But, but just like you're saying with Pepe, I think these guys all need to get a, a little bit more seasoning. I think these guys need a little bit more at the, uh, at the club level before they can really strive at the uh, international level. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Okay. Um, do you wanna where do you wanna go from here? You wanna do some questions? Oh, we got some good ones. All right. Let's do it. Yeah. So I just uh I pulled up the tweet asking for questions and Matthew Hall responded, not another international pod. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate that. FPL Squid wrote, a- international correspondent sucks ass. Great. Thanks, Squid. Appreciate that. Well, yeah, obviously, like nothing wrong with that. It's 2021. We shouldn't be shaming people for sucking ass. Good point there. No kink shaming on this pod. Come on. Squid also, he, he also asked, I think he's just trying to trigger you here. Should we perma Captain Kane since he scored a hat trick against Albania? I hope you do that, Squid. I hope you perma Captain Kane because he scored a hat trick against Albania. Let, let me run some numbers by you here, Jim. So US 2-0 win against Mexico. Mexico's number nine country, according to the FIFA rankings, which I'll admit are not perfect, but top 10 team right there. Albania is number 63. Tuesday's opponent for England is San Marino. San Marino is currently ranked 210th, good enough for last in the entire world. That is, it just shows how poor the level of World Cup qualifying is in Europe, right? You know, people always get on CONCACAF for their quality. And it's not very, you know, deep. It's top-loaded with the U.S., Mexico. Now you got Canada playing really well uh, with Alfonso Davies, Tejan Buchanan, who plays uh, in Turkey, I believe. So the, the top three in CONCACAF, are really strong right now. You look at Europe, yeah, you got your strong teams, France, Italy, Germany, 
Right, those teams that have traditionally been very strong, the Dutch have been playing well. The Belgians still waiting to actually win something, but playing very well. You you go into World Cup qualifying and you play the 63rd team in the world and then the 210th last place team in the world. Jim, this is unbelievable to me. They are ranked 18 places below the American Samoa. The American Samoa is ranked 192. They qualify in the Oceania region. The reason their soccer team is known is because they lost a match 31-0 to zero to Australia not that long ago. 31-0. to zero. Those Samoans are pretty big, though, so it makes sense. They are 18 places above San Marino. They're pretty athletic. Very huge people, if you ever met any Samoans. They're very, very large. I wish I was a Samoan. So I'm just a small man sitting in a quiet room talking to my friend about American soccer. How do you, how are you ranked below a team that lost 31 to zero? Australia purposely beat the hell out of them to show Oceania why they shouldn't be in their region anymore. And now Australia has moved into the Asian qualifying, right? Like that is unbelievable that England fans get so pumped up by this. Okay. Good job. You beat Albania. Okay. Calm down. You you scored a hat trick. Captain him forever. They're there. They're there. Yeah. Sorry. It's understandable. That that's why Squid wrote this in. He wanted the rant. He wanted to piss you off. And everyone likes that fire. We like that fire, but you know, I gotta I gotta stop here for the sake of time here. Um but just just to finish up here, I do find it annoying how we live in a time where everyone's talking about load management. And like resting your players and how Kane didn't get any time off over the summer. And they're like, oh, we're playing a shit team. Let's start Kane. Like we don't have any other players. And Mbappe's out here getting a hat trick winning like, what was it, like 9-0 or something? Why are you starting you guys four, who are playing actually. every Yeah. What, like, what, why are they playing against these terrible teams? Like give your bench guys some time to get used to like the system or whatever because you have such a deep squad. And then keep them on the bench. If it's the 70th minute and you're tied to fucking Albania, then you could bring on Harry Kane and you're going to win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Southgate has proven that uh, he can do well at international tournaments, but uh, his sweater vest might be a little too tight when he's drawing up these lineups for these meaningless qualifiers. That is a uh, very common thing where a too tight sweater vest causes you to make irrational decisions. There's a lot of scientific studies on that. I can I'll link some papers to our Twitter account for the everyday fans reading. Love it. Was that all the questions? Oh, yep. Here we go. Was Ochoa's pregame comments about USA trying to be like Mexico the dumbest thing Mexico ever did? It's got to be up there, right? Like, why does the U.S. want to be like Mexico? Like, okay, everyone's going to be like, well, Mexico made the last World Cup and the U.S. didn't. Like, yeah. Okay. Totally. Totally. Um, The U.S. has been to a quarterfinals in the World Cup more recently in 2002 um, and should have made the semifinal because when Torsten Frings has a head ball or has a handball on the goal line off a corner kick, uh, ball headed none other than by Greg Berhalter, U.S. manager. Uh, you know, that should have been a PK and a red card and the U.S., you know, plays the rest of the game up a man. Um, Mexico has made the round of 16 the last seven World Cups hasn't gotten past the round of 16. Mexico's only made the quarterfinals at World Cups that they've hosted. 
Um, so like, yeah, do we want to be like Mexico in the sense that they can qualify for the World Cup? Sure. And I think both teams are certainly going to qualify for this World Cup. But like, we should strive to be something more. And, and coming off a of summer too, where the U.S. beat Mexico twice in competition and Pulisic rocketed a penalty kick past Ochoa. Like, I don't know what he's talking about. Is it dumb? Yes. Is it nonsensical? Yes. Did it pump the U.S. up? Yes. So to answer your question, yes. That was a good finish. That was a good good monologue there. Enjoyed that. I just sat back and just listened to the soothing sounds of your voice. I just threw a lot of yeses in there. I love yeses. It's easy for me to understand. I'm, not a, I'm, a, I'm a very simple man. Yes, you are. Thanks, Crane. So USA, okay, let's wrap up let's wrap up Mexico here. USA is in first place, 14 points, tied with Mexico, up two on goal differential. Mexico plays Canada uh Tuesday, I wanna say. Um Correct. and then USA plays Jamaica also on Tuesday in Kingston. Yes. Yeah, should be a, a, a really good game. Um early game. They're playing at, at five o'clock Eastern, I believe. Um so an early game, don't have to stay up too late for that one, Jim, because I know you like your early bedtimes. Yeah, simple man. Um, so Jamaica coming off a 1-1 tie with El Salvador. They played really well, um, you know, but it, it it's tricky to play against El Salvador, who's, although they're in, what, seventh place uh, in the octagon, they, they've been, you know, very tough to, to play against. Their manager has got them, you know, playing a, a really good system. But what's going to be really interesting for me, Jim, is what Jamaica does in terms of their lineup. Yeah. um, So I know Antonio came off the bench um, and then Bailey starting at some out in their last game. So I think that'll be some concern for us. Those are the only two players I know on Jamaica. um, But that's pretty deadly strike force. Yeah. and, And just like he was with Jimenez. Marco was talking all this stuff about Antonio because he plays in the Premier League, uh, the best league in the world. Well, yeah, you know what? Antonio's a very good player. Would I like to have Miles Robinson in this game because Robinson's got a ton of speed? Uh, Yeah, but I think the U.S. showed against Mexico that they can deal with a world-class striker. Now, could Antonio bang some goals? Sure, absolutely. Um, but I'd, I'd certainly be more worried about Leon Bailey uh, with his pace, with his skill. Uh, that's going to be a much, much stiffer competition than a lot of what the USC is outside of Mexico in World Cup qualifying. Uh, and Canada, I guess, with Buchanan and Davies. Um, but, you know, if Leon Bailey and Antonio both play, and it's always question marks because you can't really know what's going on with the Jamaican Federation. Uh, but if they both play, that's certainly going to be a cause for concern for the U.S. But I think the U.S. Uh, has enough still in camp uh, after the the departures of McKenney and Miles Robinson to be successful in this match. Yeah, Antonio is a much different striker than Jimenez, whereas Antonio, you know, former winger, likes to drift wide a lot and kind of open up that space in the middle. Whereas Jimenez would kind of just drop in and um, pick up the ball uh, and kind of, you know, pass it off. Um, so I think... That Antonio, uh, on the break especially, Jamaica 
outpossessed last game against El Salvador, 60-40. Going to try to get some options on the break here. So that's going to be very interesting. A lot of, a lot of our center backs are going to get stretched. I think there's going to be a lot of space in the middle, and that's kind of concerning. Um, I do, Wait, I, Jamaica was outpossessed 60-40? Yeah, to El Salvador. That is a rough statistic. Yep, and they were outshot 18-8, to tied 1-1. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, huh. yeah, we'll, we'll outpossess them, but, I, I mean, on the counter, Bailey and Antonio Speed, that's that's a concern. You never know yep. with football. The ball is round, as they say. And, and that's what a lot of these CONCACAF teams are going to against the U.S. bunker and counter. Yeah, because we're so dominant. It's the only way of True. stopping us. True. Agreed? Okay, cool. Anything else? Any other comments about Jamaica? Uh, no, I, I'm just excited to see how the U.S. responds after an emotional win against your biggest rival at home. You're going on the road into what I said is less than a full stadium, um, playing a team that we're better than, um, but we we need to go out and, and prove it. And um, I, I think this match is really important uh, just in terms of like mentality, right? We don't want to see them coming out being sluggish. We don't want to see them coming out and, and being, you know, content with what happened against Mexico. Uh, we got to see the U.S. coming out and, and from the start dominating this match like they're capable of. Yeah, I think we should be definitely win it. I mean, missing some players hurts, but Jamaica's just not very good. So we better win. We need the win. It'd be great to get on top of the table here and hold that spot. You got a um, score prediction for the match? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking three one for USA. I was looking up some of the odds. Uh, the total goals is set at two and a half, and I'm gonna blow that out of the water. My three and three one prediction USA. Okay. What about you? Yeah. You got a prediction. I, I mean, based on what happened last game, I think it's hard to go against Dos Acero. So even though it's not the same opponent, you know that traditionally the Dos Acero happens. I'm liking a two nil win for the US. Uh, against Jamaica, same score as when uh, we hosted Jamaica earlier in qualifying in the last window. So 2-0 U.S., uh, get out of this window here with six points out of six uh, and enjoy the winter at the top of the table. Yeah, when's the next window? Is it in January next time we play? Uh, so January is a unofficial window, so you won't get... Um, you know, you won't get a, a number of players in the Good next players. World Cup. Yeah, there, there's two uh, World Cup qualifying windows left in March and April uh, because the, the World Cup's not until November this year. And I just saw the Premier League put out their schedule that they're going to take, what, a six-week break uh, during the World Cup. So, um, you know, two, two more windows here in March and in April. U.S. hosts three matches. Uh, against Honduras, El Salvador, and Panama. So Honduras and El Salvador are bottom two in the table. Panama's in fourth. Uh, Then the U.S. has to go to, after this match against Jamaica, Mexico, who's in second, Canada in third, and Costa Rica in fifth. Um, So definitely tough road matches, uh, which means those, those games against the weak opponents at home need to be wins. A long time away. What are I we know. gonna do? Are we gonna pod at all? Or are we just we're just done for months at a time? 
Well, I only stop sucking ass so to record international edition. So if there's not an international edition, I'm just gonna be all day. Good to know. I was really curious what you're gonna do all winter. I'm glad you're staying warm with a, hopefully a lot of different um, asses you'll be sucking there. You want to mix it up. <laughs> Got to diversify the portfolio. Exactly. As far as signing off goes, here should we have like a USA themed thing? What do you think? Should we? How should we end the pods? We're still working. That's actually, yeah, let's bring that back up. Name of the pod. We need to figure that out. Okay. We're going okay. to wrap this pod up with just some random shit. Okay. Pod name. So I think the best one, the international words, couldn't even pronounce them. Seemed like a mess. I'm not going to work to pronounce them. <laughs> um, so I thought United We Dive was short and efficient. Um, and then Keith also suggested Dive Off 2, Suck Harder. Man, all, the, all of these pod fans are so worried about sucking. It's kind of crazy. Uh, no, United We Dive is amazing. I think it, it gets to the point, right? United States, the best team in the world. Dive, best podcast in the world. You combine the two, unstoppable. United We Dive. Nice. That works. And then, okay, so we have our name. Hurrah. Unless anyone has any objections, please at Marco or Jake. They love reading objections and you guys telling them to suck things. So keep that up. Um, yeah. And then cool. I think that's it. Any, any other logistics questions here? We'll enjoy our two month break. Are you sucking ass? I'll probably just have a nice holiday with my family. Yeah. You know, to each their own, but, uh, no, I think we, we wrap up this bad boy here. All right. Follow us on Twitter at dive FPL instead of the art of the dive online, divefpl.com or Facebook. Uh, you can also download our pods anywhere that pods are found. iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Yada, yada, yada. Um, we also have a Patreon you could join. They do a lot of cool stuff in there. Um, it's a lot. So much. I have a tough time keeping track of all of it. It's really helpful. It helped me a lot. Um, and I have nothing but positive things to say about it, mainly because it pays most of my bills. So keep it coming. We appreciate it. Uh, yeah, that's it. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm Crane. And uh, United We Dive? Question mark? And United... We die. Exclamation USA, point. USA, 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 yeah.